Let's pray together. Dear God, you are preparing our hearts. There's a lot of things that compete for us to make room for you. Uh, I pray we would see the the falsehood uh, of idols, and they can be good things, but they are not ultimate things. Um, Food, drink, parties, gifts, friendships, relationships, family, very good things. You are ultimate. You are both creator and savior. By your Holy Spirit, push out the things that compete against you so that you would be center and then we can live into those things uh, with greater joy and contentment instead of trying to make them our salvation. Thank you, Jesus, that you have saved us as you came to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Y'all can have a seat. Thankful again to our worship team for leading us in worship. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Luke 1. If you do not have a Bible, there are Bibles in the back. You're welcome uh, to pick one up, take one home. It be our gift to you. Uh, as I said, we're in Advent, and Advent uh, can literally mean coming soon. Uh, as we just sang about to prepare, prepare our hearts. So we, we remember the Sunday school story that Jesus came. People were looking for him to come soon throughout the Old Testament. There is a connection from the prophets. So we remember his coming in Bethlehem. We should remember as Christians, uh, but often we don't, and look, guilty as charged, that he will come again soon. Uh, that is biblical. That is basic Apostles' Creed type stuff. Okay? Basic Christianity. He's coming again soon. Uh, we should remember that he comes now to us by the Holy Spirit. So my question is, for all of us, Advent is not just remembering facts. And by the way, I think those are facts, uh, not just once upon a time stories. How do we respond to them? Christmas. Uh, Christmas is good stuff. We love it. It is about gifts. Gifts we give, gifts we receive. Uh, it is about the gift of light, as we talked about last week, uh, coming into a dark world. Uh, we are not the light of the world. Jesus is. He came into our world. He can come into our hearts. Christmas is about bringing peace, primarily. And it's not just, that's not like, you know, the old Coca-Cola commercial, you know, you know, link hands together and, I don't know, give peace a chance. Yeah, you know, shows my age. It's really about us having peace with God. That's what he's talking about. You know, the the classic verse, the angel said, peace on earth, goodwill to those to whom he is pleased. It's not peace on earth to all men. He brings peace. God came to us. So, question again, how do we respond? I believe we can respond by looking to Mary and we can take some uh, some great lessons in how she responded in faith, and it can grow our faith. So let's look at this, uh, this famous, this beautiful account of Gabriel the angel coming to Mary, young girl. You know, they, there's debate that how old was she? Probably 15 or under here. And, uh, and the Lord 
speaks to her by the messenger Gabriel. So Luke 1, verse 26, I'm going to read through verse 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What does Mary have? Well, a couple things. Uh, First off, she has what we call discernment. Discernment. Uh, A lot of us need discernment. It's tied to wisdom, to be discerning. You know, how do you know Mary has discernment? Well, it actually literally says this. Verse 29, Gabriel came and spoke, and she says, or it says she was greatly troubled and tried to discern what the angel was saying. I say discernment because when we talk about faith, I would say probably all of us, or the majority of us, have big questions about our faith. Uh, And that's good. I thank God that you're here. And often the response uh, of Christians is is to be like, just believe. Hey, just believe. I mean, I've led small groups and big questions come up. Hey, just believe. Well, that's not Mary's posture here, okay? Mary is not just believing here. She's actually trying to figure it out. You know, we are trained, trained in whether you call it American or North American or Western culture, uh, we're trained to to really uh, give no legitimacy to the supernatural. Now, you can say, no, that's not, yes, we are, all of us, each and every one of us, okay? We say, and I've heard so many brothers and sisters say this, hey, I know God can do anything but Or we'll say, hey, I've got this issue in life, and hey, I know God can do anything. Pause. But, well, God can do anything. Uh, Our our faith is explicitly supernatural. Mary was a virgin. It's a, a big part. Again, Apostles' Creed there. Core stuff. Incarnation. God, creator, became the created. And so, I think... I think doubt is very real. But what kind of doubt do you have? Do you, do you have what I'd call a closed doubt or an open doubt? Right, well, it's just doubt to me. Now, there's a difference. I'm not going to read about it, but you can go back if you want 
earlier in Luke 1, there's this, there's this dude, Zechariah, who is like priest man, preacher man. And he actually poses some of the same questions to the angel that Mary does. Yeah, Neil, laugh it up, okay? And what does, here he goes, and what does Gabriel do to Zechariah? Neil, what does he do? He can't talk. You would have problems with that, bro. I, I would too. <laughs> we love you. Okay. But he says to Zechariah, you know, you're not going to speak. Mary, posed, I mean, it's literally some of the same exact questions. And I think we see these, these two kinds of doubt. One is what I call a closed doubt. That it's really not about your doubt. It's really about your control. It, you know, no, what, what would that do to my life? What would that do to my position, my situation. Mary's like, okay, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm open to believing. I believe you can make it make sense to me. There is a difference. Which kind of doubt do you have? Because we all have doubt of some way. Are you open or closed? Mary is trying to figure it out. We say faith, but true faith is the whole body. And guess what? The mind's a part of the body, right? You doctors, I mean, it is an organ. Part of the whole shebang. God gave us our minds for a reason, to reason things out. So Mary has discernment. She also has a, let me say this, a growing and gradual faith. You see a, I love this word, trajectory uh, in her faith here. It's it's growing and it's gradual. Each person who comes to Christ, there's always a different story. I mean, we love the stories where it's like, uh, you know, it's just momentous and it's, It's like hit on the head with a sledgehammer, woken up, you know, pulled out of addiction, pulled out of this dark life. We love those stories. Others, it's like, I call this like irrigation. You know, God's slowly irrigating the life with the pure water. Why why do I use water? It takes water to grow. And it's growing and gradual. With Mary, it's gradual here. They're like, well, how is that? Well, let's start off verse 34. First, she's trying to discern and she's troubled. Okay, then you go down to verse 34. She says, how will this be? Since I am a virgin. Okay? Now, I think you could, you could transcribe that. Man, this is crazy. I'm about to have a baby. How will this be? You know, let me say this. If you have not, if you have not, ever looked at Christianity and said, man, this is crazy. You have not seen Christianity for what it really is. If you have not looked at Christianity, you're Christian, like, how can this be? I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you've really seen the gospel. You may just kind of be doing the deal, kind of basing your faith on your parents' faith or your parents' church and claim something that really is not alive at all. Because it is crazy. It is supernatural. And so Mary's, Mary's very open, and Luke openly describes this. How will this be? This is, this is nuts. But then it goes on, and she moves to acceptance. Okay? Verse 38. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Behold, you know, I... I accept. 
Think about this sentence, these words. This is not Mary saying, hey, hey, love it. Sign me up. I am down. I I am rocking. I am ready to go. I am fired up. You know, put me on the... This new Jesus train, he hadn't met him yet. He's going to live inside me. I'm ready to go. Will, you know, give my life. I am down to watch my son die, which she would do. Uh, I am down. Joseph's going to die before me. This, uh, this young dude, John's going to take care of me. Uh, we're going to end up going around the Mediterranean. I don't know where I'll be buried, but let's roll. So, hey, I accept. It's growing and it's gradual. First, troubled, trying to discern. Some of you are right there. Second, it's crazy. Okay? Third, accept. Now, let me give you an example. I have known people who've come to church here over the years. A few of them have stuck around who think like this. Not all. But they've said, man, I don't know this stuff. Man, I'm not feeling it. But I want that. Man, I love those folks. And that's, that's where she is. That's where she is. You need to get real. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I mean, surely she starts getting that this is, you know, okay, pregnant, Joseph and I not married. I mean, she, she could do math and she knows other people can do math. So she's probably knowing where it's going to head. But she's saying, I, I'm down. I want this. Let's go more. It's gradual and it's growing, okay? Now comes other people that help her in her faith. Just like you, relationships are so important. So when we talk about being here. So when we talk about small groups. We talk about uh, casual conversations and mentoring of people. The church is God's plan A. There's no plan B because it's, it's not an individual solo deal. It's us together. You're like, where are you going with this? Elizabeth. That's your cousin. That would be another person, Okay. So let's shift from Mary to Elizabeth. And they have a visit and they talk. Elizabeth helps Mary on her faith walk. You're like, well, where is this? You didn't read that. Let's go down a little bit. Verse 40 says she entered the house of Zechariah. Remember him? He didn't say hello. And greeted Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, no welcome party there. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of, the, of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. I'm sure Mary heard about that. You know? And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. This is filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth is, is older. She's humbling herself. God used Elizabeth to grow Mary's faith. God uses other people to grow your faith. You're troubled and discerning. You're, this is crazy. You are, hey, I accept. And somebody else. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a cousin Elizabeth type that rolls into your life. And then it shows Mary knew the Bible. Let's keep this trajectory going, okay? And she starts connecting things in her life to Scripture. Like, how do you know she knows about it? Going down, verse 50. His mercy, God's mercy, is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. That would be in the past. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. Skip down to verse 55. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Uh, Mary had this background, this foundation in, in the scriptures. She's t- trying to show you. I mean, she's tying all together. 
Right, you're looking at the growing faith of a young girl happening before your eyes. That's why it's important why we have this Rise with God Bible reading plan. Doing everything we can that you would be saturated, uh, that you would have biblical literacy. That's not just a scholastic word, that's like a Christian word. To know the Bible and not just a few verses that sound good. To know the story. Mary's connecting the dots. And it finally leads her to a place. I'm going to skip back up here. Verse 46 and 47. She says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices. That's a word that's tied to joy. That's good. My spirit rejoices. She has this wonder. She has this amazement. Do any of us look at our Christian faith with with wonder, with amazement? Probably not often. Unfortunately, some do. But there's a a trajectory. Again, go back. Kind of trouble discerning. This is crazy. Some of you are there. Others, I accept. Others, oh, I've got friends and kind of knowing the Bible. And you get to a point where it's wonderful. It's not a wonderful life. It's a wonderful Savior, okay? Seriously. And often, what, what, think about this. What if you're asked, are you a Christian? I might say, you might say, of course. There should be a different response. I should have a different response. You should have a different response. When you're in a place of wonder, somebody asks, are you a Christian? Yes. I mean, can you believe it? You know? Can you believe it? I mean, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Uh, and yet, God did it. And I am his. I, I believe that's like real deal Christian response. I believe that's possible. I think is you're thinking about whatever you might be thinking of, Christmas plans, deer hunting, and what, whatever it is. It's... Why I do what I do is the wonder, the amazement. I want to see that more and more. And that leads to, rewind a little bit, what I'd call a willing surrender. Willing surrender. Go back to verse 38. Famous verse, used it before. Behold, she says, I am the servant of the Lord. It's a willing surrender. Let me say that again. A willing surrender. Two questions for all of us. Two questions, okay? Do you believe, can you, can you roll with everything in the Bible and obey it even if you do not understand it? Question one. Question two. Do you believe or can you roll or are you good or can you trust with everything God has placed in your life even if you do not understand it? If our answer is no, then most likely we believe in Jesus generally, yet we have never said, behold, I am the Lord's servant. And, and I think that's where God, look, I think that's where God calls us to. That's where God pushes you to. Not, not just bellwether, every Christian. Ask those two questions again. 
Do you believe and will you obey everything the Bible says even though you don't understand it? Second, do you trust everything that God has placed in your life even though you don't understand it? And often our answer would be, no, that's why we have a church. That's why we have brothers and sisters. But even if you don't, you can say, behold, I am the Lord's servant. That's what I want. That's called Christianity. Mary here. Now, two, two questions. Why should you do that? You might be asking, why should I, bro? I mean, life's pretty good, kind of. I mean, you got some struggles, but generally middle class, maybe upper middle class, maybe, maybe upper, you know, want to help, looking forward to Christmas. I mean, why, why shake things up like that? Uh, let me give you a theology lesson. And theology, by the way, it's not a deep word at all. It's just like how we think about God. So theology lesson. Uh, the, and I'm not a science guy, but I, I saw this one time, and it's, at least it was simple for me, but, you know, I'm kind of lacking up there on some stuff. Uh, Earth to sun, 93 million miles, okay? Earth to sun. So let's take a, a, just a plain sheet of paper, right? Plain sheet of paper. Earth to sun, if you added up sheets of paper, what that distance would look like, it'd be 70 feet. 70, 70 feet of sheets of paper, earth to sun. Okay? Like, what are you doing, science lesson? Yeah, kind of, okay? science theology. 70 feet earth to sun. Milky Way galaxy, which is the galaxy that, that our little, little selves are in. Sheets of paper, size would be 300 miles. Uh, so that's past, from here, it's past Memphis, you know, up I-55. You know, long line of sheets of paper, Milky Way. That happens to be just one of countless galaxies. It's a fact. So, where are you going with this? that verse up on the screen, Hebrews 1.3. This is what the Bible says about Jesus, okay? He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, which is why he came to earth, which is what Christmas is really all about, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Again, he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Uh, that verse, you could probably rewind and say, I don't know if I believe everything the Bible says, because the Bible just said that. So this Jesus guy, if that's true and that is true, should he be like assistant? Should he be like your consultant? Or should he be supreme Lord? Because we only exist because of him. I believe you only exist, brothers and sisters, because of him. You only exist because of him. That's my, that's my worldview. Not because of you. So I get to stand and claim that. I wish you would too. Mary, you take Sister Mary again, and she probably had a vision somewhat similar to all of us. Or maybe you young girls. I don't know if I can relate that well there. Got all boys. But anyway, you know, young Mary, dream guy, Joseph, 
You know, he's building a good business in carpentry. He'll settle down. You know, have a nice home. Have kids. Have a very, very pleasant life. It's her dream. Uh, Instead, she was probably at some point disgraced, I would say. Uh, She had to flee. You know, they lived in, in Egypt. Came back. She saw Jesus die. Uh, then she pretty much you know, went with John all across the Mediterranean. I think she died uh, actually or in Ephesus. That would be Ephesians in the Bible. See, following Jesus, it's, it's not like you know, New Year's coming. It's not like signing up for a gym membership. Uh, it's, it's not like a, hey, let's, let's get into a, quote, live well program. Uh, it is, John Wesley had a, if you don't know who John Wesley is, he, he's a great leader, uh, founded the Methodist Church, but had a poem, he said, uh, in the poem it says, Thou art mine and I am thine. It's very simple. It's, it's, it's all of it, giving all of it up. Why should you do this? He upholds the universe by his power. Now, last thing, how can you do this? I mean, good for Mary and good for those Bible heroes, but not me, okay? Just be glad I'm at church. I am glad you're at church. I think you can do more. I think I can do more. I think we can do more. So how do you do it? How can you? Three things, quickly. First, Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. Okay, another verse up here, Luke eleven thirteen. Jesus said, Jesus is a man. He says, if you then who are evil, he's saying that to all of us, evil in our hearts, know how to give good gifts to your children, and we do at Christmas, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is a very simple, it's very factual. You're like, man, I can't, I can't go where you're going. You can ask, Lord, send your spirit. He will send it in the form of a person. Definitely in the form of his word, in the form of a church service, uh, in the form of mission, in the form of something you hear. He will send your, his Holy Spirit. Ask for it. We don't ask enough. We don't ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to build bridges, to heal, to make it evident how we should live, where we should go, what we should do. Holy Spirit, how can you? Holy Spirit. Second, something you can do very practically that our world is in dire need of is this word called humility. Humility. One, just simply humble yourself. Like, how does that help with all this? Well, Mary humbled herself. And now, now like everybody, everybody knows her name. Kind of reflects the verse, Matthew uh, 23, 12. Jesus says, those who humble themselves will be exalted. Kind of reflects this verse, Matthew 16, 25, famous, said, If you want to gain your life, you will lose it. If you lose it for my sake, you will find it. Humility. Holy Spirit. Humility. And most of all, it's right behind me as a reminder every Sunday, the cross. When Mary said, verse 38, may it be done according to your word. Essentially, that's almost a direct, it's almost directly the same as when Jesus said in the garden, Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but thy will be done. Mary's saying, 
pretty much the same thing. Let it be done according to your word. Jesus says, not my will, but thy will be done. You're like, what is the cross? It's what Jesus has done for you. This is, this is the trip up of the majority of Christian, majority of churches in Western North America, America, Jackson, Mississippi. We will buy in. We will go there for what Jesus will do for us and not what he's done for us. And if you make that switch, if the penny drops there, man, that is world-changing stuff. You're like, man, sign me up, not for what he will do, but what he has done. How can you do all this? Three things. Holy Spirit, call for him. Humble yourselves. Jesus is clear. God will exalt you. Most of all, most importantly, the cross is what Jesus has done for you. Never, ever, ever underestimate what God can do in you and through you. But may we not make our primary motive what, what he will do for us. And rather it be what he, is, what he has done for us. We're going to have an opportunity to see that and not through any words or any music, even though there'll be music play, but through communion. I'm going to close this in a prayer time. But I really urge you, you know, what, is, what does Mary have? How does she respond? Like many of you, she was questioning and she's discerning. Like many of you, probably now, you're like, you're nuts, okay? Some of you are. You're crazy. Some of you are saying you're crazy because you're like, I'm, I'm very comfortable in my nice situation. You're really crazy for pushing me. I can't say it because i got to look the part. And some of you are like, I don't know, but I'm in. Thank God. I th- thank God that there are brothers and sisters here that could be in relationship with us. We have his word. I just want all of us to get to wonder. Wonder. And there's so many trappings that the devil, the devil is called the great, the father of lies, the deceiver. He's saying, man, that life he's calling you to, it is no good. And yet I'm, and I get to, I do. I mean, God called me to this. I get to stand here and say, that is the only place that you will find true joy, true peace, true contentment, everything you've been searching for. You'll stop wrestling. You'll have freedom. It's so much more than sweet baby Jesus. It's about all that he's done for you. And I'll say that every Sunday that the Lord gives me. Move to wonder by the cross. The wonder of the cross. Life, last thing I'll say, everything about life, your life, everything about life is about glory. Glory of a football game. Glory of a great stage production. Glory of that deer you shot. Glory of your house. Glory of that trip. Glory of that special time on Christmas Eve. Glory about how you killed, crushed that song. Glory about how you crushed that sermon. Glory about how you made that sale. Glory, glory, glory. That's your life. Glory of a newborn, but everything. When we shift to the glory of the cross and be like, man, the only reason we're here, we're still here is because of Jesus. He upholds the universe by his power. He gave it all for you. That's a change. That's a move to wonder. And you, you live, let me be clear, you live into many good things, but many unexpected things. Many things you might have thought that were bad. 
with his glory. There is a difference. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, come to us as you've come to us before. May your Holy Spirit push out the things that compete. May you reside within us. May we see your wonder, your glory. And yes, it's beautiful in a manger and a stable, but may we see your wonder in the cross. That's why you came to the manger, came to the stable. In your precious name, amen.